I don't know what I'm doing reading two books with the same title in the same month. One, a storybook, and the other a book by a professor of philosophy. One, I've already got as far as page 117, and the other one, a book I bought only the other day, and I've read five pages of it. And just to give you an idea, the philosophy book, I, I started on chapter two, don't know why, I think I just opened it at random. Remote view of the aesthetic planet, Nietzsche's antiquity project. Yeah, I started reading that yesterday. Well, I did actually read the whole of that chapter, and I'm going to read you a bit of it in a second. And the other one, the storybook. Uh, let me just read you a tiny bit of the storybook, give you an idea what kind of a story it is. Andreas Salome understood this predicament and urged Rilke to let his defences down. He should nurture his gift as if it were a seed growing inside him. Quote, you have to become like a little plot of earth into which all that falls. And be it even things mangled and broken, things thrown away in disgust, must enter an alchemy and become food to nourish the buried seed. It all turns to loam, becomes you. He should approach the sick. End, end quote. He should approach the sick and the dying like a pickpocket, scavenging their misery for poetry. Rilke tried to take her advice and identify with the convulsive man rather than block him out. I'll stop there. I mean, this is a story, a true story, by uh, Rachel Corbett uh, about Rainer Maria Rilke, as a pretty uh, uh, excellent poet, and Auguste Rodin, who's a pretty excellent uh, Sculptor, and it's all set around 1900. Ah, I, I'll just read you a tiny bit out of the, the philosophy book, which I warn you, and I warn myself, is tough. So I got this bit in the margin, because I'm reading the philosophy book by writing, well, while writing notes in the margin. And it quotes Nietzsche from the genealogy of morals. Reading from the vantage point of a distant star, the capital letters of our earthly life would perchance lead to the conclusion that the earth was the truly ascetic planet, a den of discontented, arrogant and repulsive creatures who never got rid of a deep disgust of themselves, of the world, of all life, and did themselves as much hurt as possible out of pleasure in hurting, presumably their one and only pleasure. I'll just skip on a little bit to another bit, because I wrote in the margin of that, wow, wow. And uh, so here is the bit that really got me. He talks about the writer now, the philosopher. says, uh, Nietzsche's planet would become the place whose inhabitants, especially the male ones, would carry the weight of the world anew without self-pity. In keeping with the Stoic maxim, the Stoic maxim, I don't know that much about the Stoics, in keeping with the Stoic maxim that the only important thing is to keep oneself in shape for the cosmos. I mean, there, I thought, oh my God, is this true? There's a Stoic maxim which effectively says the only important thing is to keep oneself in shape for the cosmos. And while I was reading that book in a cafe, while I was waiting for my iPhone to have a new, a new 
glass put on it. I wrote this, which isn't yet a poem, but it might get somewhere. You must change your life, keep yourself in shape for the cosmos. You must hunt your humility home into the quicksand. A virtuous life, a life of relentless releasing virtuosity, an eternity, an eternity of making the beyond begin to bloom. And then there's a little epigram. Poets take the minor things more seriously than most take the major things for granted. Poets take the minor things more seriously than most take the major things for granted. I must say that after having spent an hour on five pages of You Must Change Your Life by Peter or Peter Slotterdick, I'm going to call him Slotterdick, it's translated, by the way, by Wieland Hoban. I suspect it might have been written. I don't know, was it written in German or written in Dutch? Anyway, that's neither here nor there, uh, although it is here and there. This whole thing may be a fund of great fun and intellectual gymnastics during the month of November. And it's a pleasure to share my reading with you. Goodness knows if I'll read anything else. There's certainly big enough books. Although the philosophy book has got, I'm just looking here, if you count the notes and the appendix, it's got 500 pages in it. If you count the Rachel Corbett, a book I highly recommend, wonderfully written, it's got uh, 310. Bye until the next episode of Na Pod Pomo. This is Paul Omani in Cork, Ireland, saying thank you very much for listening. <laughs>